Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Game Time Decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. Let's do this thing. Hour two. Throwing it down in the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart. We're actually pretty jam-packed. Uh, here on this hour. George Kurtz going to step up and then uh, we'll run the gauntlet with Kurtz. We'll talk some NFL football, some Major League Baseball with Colonel Kurtz, Matt Perino, NewYorkUpstate.com uh, uh, will join us. We'll talk some Buffalo Bills uh, football, some NFL uh, football. But uh, we've been talking a lot of horse racing uh, lately and about the huge handles. And speaking of handles as well, we'll get back to our NASCAR picks uh, before the race uh, starts at 7.30 Eastern time. Um, but as far as uh, handles are concerned, big, um, big, big handle for the Darlington race on Sunday, actually. And in fact, more people bet on Darlington than they did the Daytona 500. <laughs> Bigger than the Daytona 500. So bettors are really, they're laying it down on any of these events uh, that are on TV. 6.3 million people actually watched uh, NASCAR on Fox, which is much higher than they've been doing in past years. And we've been talking about the massive uh, handles at the racetracks the horse racing industry is really cashing in during this uh, pandemic. And, you know, we'll see what the retention is, but I think this is going to carry horse racing for another 20 plus years. Oh, horse racing's dead. It's far from dead. But the triple crown picture is starting to come together now, uh, Cam, as uh, Belmont announces um, Belmont stakes rescheduled and shortened. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be as long anymore shortened but they're going to be running june 20th and now it serves as the first leg the first leg of the triple crown they're shaking things up uh this year i kind of like it normally of course it's a mile and a half it's a grueling race it is they're just going uh, one and one eights uh this time due to training and the horses and the situation that everybody's in they didn't think it would be smart to run a mile and a half so they shorten the race a little bit I think it's actually a great idea. Know what the problem is, though? Being it backwards, the Belmont is the horse where, you know what I mean? You want a stolen cold closer in the race. So tis the law, Charlatan, Adele, they're going to be really, really tested because these are the horses that people like in the Kentucky Derby. Belmont, it is interesting that you say that it's shortened. Still has a very, very long stretch at Belmont. Should be interesting, Gabe, and I like it. So if one of the big boys wins this race, usually the Triple Crown is broken at Belmont because they bring in freshened horses for the third leg. It's going to be different. Now that you want to win the Triple Crown, the good horses have to be there early and continue. It's actually going to force a lot of uh, barns to run in three races. Remember, a lot of them go, I can't win. Uh, the Kentucky Derby. I can't win the Preakness, but I enter the Belmont because my horse is a, a closer, uh, a horse that runs more distance. Now we're going to have all the big boys and all the big races, less people withdrawn. It's a very, very interesting thing, and I kind of like it. It works out well. Oh, there's going to be a lot of horses that want in on this uh, yes. as well. So the table is reset uh, right now. So the Triple Crown, the Triple Crown, the first leg, Belmont Stakes, June 20th. Wow. The second, yeah, the second leg, they wait all the way till September the 5th, the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. And the Preakness will now be the last one. <laughs> Craziness. October the 3rd. Yeah, yeah wow. Huh. So they'll have a month off in between the Kentucky Derby and, and, the, uh, and the Preakness. 
and they're going to have multiple months off from June 20th uh, to July 20th, one month, August 20th. So about two and a half months off. But it, I was really fascinated by this, actually, Ken, because as you mentioned, horses like Tis the Law and the Dow, you don't want them not racing for so long until the Kentucky Derby. So it actually works out now, but we'll welcome the radio audience in here uh, right now. What's kicking, everybody? SB Nation Radio. I'm Gabriel Morenci, the loudest station in the nation. We're throwing it down right now. Also on Pluto TV, Zumo TV. We're stirring the drink. Stir TV as well. The Triple Crown picture is now set. The Belmont Stakes will take place on June 20th. No fans. No fans. Uh, June 20th. The Kentucky Derby, September the 5th, and hopefully there's college football on September the 5th as well. That's going to be a monster <laughs> day. For all we know, that'll be NBA Finals Game 7 on September exactly. the 5th. <laughs> Sports day. Yeah, it's just going to be, be like, are you kidding me? It's us. It's the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals, Raptors, Celtics, Game 7. Really? September 5th, right? Uh, I got to tell um, you, though, Gabe, I find and now, it- the, and now the Preakness is the last one, October yeah. the 3rd. So June 20th, yep. September the 5th, October the 3rd, Belmont, Kentucky, Pilmico, that's your triple crown schedule. I find it interesting, though, that you have the Preakness as the final leg. It's kind of weird. You think you would go start off with Belmont, then go to Pimlico, and then end it with the Kentucky Derby as the more popular. But, hey, this is what's happening right now. This went by which governor approved it first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. What? You're not in? Okay, we're we're the third leg. Thank you. No, you're absolutely right. Like, it's, Listen, uh, I give credit to Kentucky and Churchill Downs for having mouth. the foresight. They yeah. actually didn't say, oh, we're going to try to do it in three weeks anyways, and they didn't try to force things. They said, let's back off. We're going to do this September the 5th, and it allowed everybody else to work around it. And now, subsequently, they did. Governor Larry Hogan, Maryland, stepped up and in uh, um, late last week, and now Governor Cuomo. And uh, Governor Cuomo says he can't wait to uh, watch his Buffalo Bills play football, Ken. (laughs) The Bills are New York's team. Exactly. I was watching. It was the best. They they are New York's team. (laughs) Big Buffalo Bills helmet on. I want to watch Buffalo Bills football. Oh, he sucks up to to Western New York so much. Oh, he does. He does suck up to Western New York. My favorite ad ever, though, is Rob Asperino. (laughs) Rob Asperino ran for governor of the state of New York. And Cuomo had the best ad ever. And he said, uh, Rob Asperino wants to be uh, the, the, the governor of New York. He said, he's a Miami Dolphins fan. <laughs> Remember? They said, they said, when you're watching, when you hardworking people are watching your Buffalo Bills play, Rob Asperino grew up a Dan Marino fan. <laughs> and actually made it politics. <laughs> and like, they said, Rob Asperino, not one of us. And that was Cuomo at a Bills game. Yeah, like, oh yeah, Cuomo uses the Bills game. <laughs> That's a great move. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. We're throwing it down to Ranger Red and Cam Stewart. Matt Perino is going to step up and in from New York State. Uh, upstate.com. Throw it down. We'll talk some Buffalo Bills uh, football and Oliver's arrest and more. George Kurtz will throw it down uh, with us. So we've got the NASCAR race 
uh, coming up. Both me and Cam actually uh, both like Brad Keselowski, plus 750 for a man that led 80 laps on Sunday. So, of course, on Sunday, it was the last episode of The Last Dance. And, you know, I, I knew it would be big, but I didn't think it would end up being this big and people talking about it as much as they have. And I never really thought, I guess that's why I'm not rich, Cam, because I don't think ahead and uh, invest in like hydrochloroquine uh, and uh, these drugs. <laughs> and, and I should have known that, uh, yeah, I should have known. Uh, yeah, one of these stocks went up like 950%. Oh, yeah, for day. sure. Yeah, Trump, like, what are yeah, you on? Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. like that hydro stuff. It's great. Yeah, I like yeah. the hydro. Give us some of these stocks that goes through the roof. Uh, but should have known just to like, I don't know, buy all these old Air Jordans and stuff like that. The, the Michael Jordan industry right now is through the freaking roof. So it's just, it's insanity. And I think I'm a bigger memorabilia guy than you are, even though I don't have a ton of it. I do like it. I just move all the time. So if I lived in one city and I had a house, I'd have an ultimate game room type thing. But I'd move every couple of years. No, I love like WKRP up and down the dial. Yeah, I can't so, afford them. That's the problem. But these are the type of things that I wouldn't buy. Like, there's certain items, signed basketball from a game, pretty cool. You know, jersey, all right, that's the jersey he wore in game six or whatever. You have it framed. Pretty cool. Yet, somebody just paid $560,000 for a pair of shoes that Jordan wore once as a rookie. Wow. Like, that's who cares? Nice. So it's like, whatever. So he wore this. He didn't even do anything, you know, then. Like you tell me, all right, these are the shoes that he was wearing when they beat uh, they beat Phoenix, right? Like my boy Pete Rose did, Kev. When the day he got his 4,000 hit, he was a Montreal Expo. People were like, uh, why is he changing after every uh, inning? Genius. Yeah. <laughs> he changed jerseys after every inning. Brilliant. And Brilliant. he hung it up and he signed it. And he was like, game worn. And he had someone document it. He had like the clubhouse guy, like he's the witness, stamp it, game worn. Mm-hmm. He wasn't lying. Thing is, he wore nine nine game worn jerseys that day. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love Pete's hustle. Uh, Pete, yeah. Pete, he, 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 <laughs> he's yeah, always he Cam, Charlie right? Hustle. Yeah. He's lifetime hustle. That's what yeah. it is. The guy's no fool. <laughs> like he used different bats all the time. Like Pete wasn't stupid. No. But the thing is, he devalued his own market because he did that so much. Like there's Over- so much oversaturation. Stuff. Yeah. That's what happened to the card market, Gabe. Remember when we had cards and stuff? Like I, I remember I used to, oh yeah, all the rich guys got into the card market and oversaturation equals nothing, but you're the right. Card, the card market's actually making a little comeback right now. Good, it, it better. It, 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 away. It you better. know what the problem with the card market is? I know firsthand, I know, because I know guys that own these stores. Um, start to happen, bro. The owners of the comic book stores and card stores, they started to just pluck through the boxes mm-hmm. and take the good stuff out. Yeah, and then ref- it uh, was yeah. worth it for them, right? It was like I got all these boxes. This Michael Jordan card will be worth three hundred thousand dollars. I'll pillage my uh, my inventory. I don't care, right? And and then let's say they get the, they go. Oh man, I got the, the I got that Jordan card that I wanted. Right, the special golden, like the, they used to have crazy cards. Remember, yes, oh, it's, they in, do. It's, it's encoded in yeah, 24 karat gold, and like there were all kinds. It's, remember, they had the, the the tread. There was like the 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 patch of the guy's jersey. Yeah, yeah, the that's right. Piece of jersey it was the card. It was a game game piece jersey. Like there are all these unique cards, and basically they would gamble, Cam. So it's, let's say a, a card store owner would get like 500 boxes of these cards. You go through the first hundred of them, 
you get Jordan, you get that rookie David Robinson, you get this, you get that. You already got the good one. You know those other 70 boxes. They're unopened, but you already know, nah, they're not, it's not in there. I already got or, it. Or I could even go this far and say these guys were so good at what they did and the tools were there. You could actually take out the cards, go through them, insert a common, and then put the cards back with the right. They wouldn't do that. What they would do is they would just sell the packs after. So they wouldn't really hide. Yeah, we opened it. We already plucked what's good out of it. So that's why it was even harder to get your hands on those cards. It's like anything else, bro. Look, I was in the scalping, you know, I was in the ticket business uh, years ago. And, you know, how, how did I get, uh, how did I get tickets sometimes? You grease the guy at the window. It's not yeah. rocket science, right? You basically go up to the window. Can I get six tickets for tonight's game? It's sold out, sir. What are you, are you crazy? And the literal envelope, Ken. Yeah, yeah. You sort of, uh, you know, you just sort of, you pull the money out. You go, <laughs> man, I could really use six tickets. And then you sort of show that you have more than what yeah. the face is. So it's like, man, I could really use six tickets. And you put the six ticket money down. Then you drop a $100 bill. You'd yeah. be amazed. Oh, you know what? Oh, da, 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 da. oh you know what? found some. Four <laughs> tickets just got released. And he's like, I got another six if you want them. <laughs> I was like, all right, cook, cook, you know what I mean? I, I do want them. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's amazing. Nowadays, you can't do it. Everything's, everything's so computerized because the old guys used to be smart, Ken. Like when Led Zeppelin or like Journey would come to town, if you worked at Ticketmaster, one of these places, dude, you're the first one access to the computer. Exactly. So you just like print out, all right, I'm going to keep the first five rows of seats. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just going to keep these. I'm going to swing them over to the ticket broker guy that's going to yep. give me an extra 5K because yep. I just I gave him. Increased. Yeah, yep. and then somehow the scalper, how does this guy always have first row tickets? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Like how he always has, like, come on, man, that's the way that's the way the world works. But this Jordan stuff is getting out of hand. $560,000 um, for, for uh, shoes that he wore as a rookie. This one, though, a new hotel in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, uh, will include a recreation of Michael Jordan's dorm room. What, do I get a bunk bed or like? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> when he was living in North Carolina State, I don't think he had a king. <laughs> yeah, it's identical. The hotel will feature other pieces of Jordan memorabilia, including Game War sneakers, his North Carolina student ID, and a $5 check, MJ Cash, for winning a game of pool. Who's this guy like, $5 cash checks? Like, this guy back in college, he's even hustling people at pool? Five bucks. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Jordan, much Jordan's room was standard fare for any college student. It featured uh, a massive CBS sports poster because uh, NBA was on CBS in those days, along with posters of uh, Marquise Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and James Worthy, along with a twin bed that looked far too small for a six-foot, uh, six-frame. Oh, dear. Yep. I didn't know. Yep. Listen, I like Michael Jordan a lot, but aren't we overdoing it? Like, if we're yeah. getting into like this. How much like, for the? So, what is this for the Jordan experience? How much does it cost to go to the much, How much is the toilet seat that he took a dump on when he was nine years old and his house costs now? Like, yeah, that's what we're getting to. <laughs> the UNC toilet seat goes up tire heels. Like, put it down. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. That's you know crazy. What, baseball, like stadiums, they actually auction that off. Urinal, urinal used by players yeah. behind dugout. <laughs> Okay, I don't want any urinal. <laughs> uh, you're, you're right, man. I wouldn't pay that. The, the thing is, sure. I don't even like touching Bob Wickman's pants. 
I have Bob Wickman's pants. Yeah, yeah. They, they might fit me. I should see if I could get in Bob Wickman's pants, nice and smooth. Yeah, somebody, <laughs> uh, Bob Wickman used to terrorize me, and I, I used to lose it. all this money. I, uh, I used to lose all this money uh, betting on uh, Bob, uh, Bob Wickman and, uh, as, as a closer. Did, didn't, uh, didn't end well uh, for me. So I really, started to, uh, I really started to have it in for him. <laughs> and as a joke... My producer, Aaron Bronstetter at the time, um, actually ordered ordered his pants. It was the only thing they were selling. It was like yeah. game-used Bob Wickman pants. Surprisingly enough, they didn't have any crap stains on them. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> after his game performance. Poor Bob Wickman. Man, I really went out hard after that guy. Like, yeah. we wrote a letter to the Atlanta Braves demanding that their strength and conditioning coach be fired because Bob Wickman was so out of shape. He was and uh, the nice Braves guy. actually responded to us. They said our strength and conditioning coach is a great coach. Bob Wickman's a great guy that gives a ton of money to the community. I felt bad after. I swear that I was betting big money that summer. Yeah. And Wickman literally cost me probably like $160,000. Like I'm not even exaggerating. Like it was, I had to stop, but I just couldn't. I, I don't know. I, sh- I should have been betting on Braves, but when I would bet on the Braves in the first five innings, it would be, I would lose, and it was weird. I just, the Braves are a baseball team that's been screwing me, bro, for like 30-plus years. Game time decisions continues. Bring it. We're just talking about, I just brought that up uh, with Tua. Strange story, actually. The Tua is actually not left-handed. Like, it's the only thing that he does left-handed is throw a football. And we were talking about his brother uh, transferred to Maryland. His brother throws right-handed. And Tua says that he can throw right-handed, but not well. But he does everything else. And it turns out because his father was left-handed. And there are a lot of coaches. Pretty crazy. Steve Young, okay? The great Mm -hmm. quarterback, Steve Young, the Hall of Famer, Steve Young. When he was at BYU, a coach told him, I don't coach or let, I don't, I don't have left-handed quarterbacks. He said, I don't do it. And he said, you're going to have to play safety. And the coach got fired. Good, good. All people are stupid. They're so stupid, man. Like they're so stuck in their ways. You know what that sounds like? And bless him. I I miss getting to yell at this guy on in-game live, but that sounds like what Scott Wetzel probably tells like the, the CYO uh, girls basketball team he coaches. Like, the girl comes through, shoots left, and he puts her on the bench. He's like, that's not happening on my watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the strangest strangest uh, thing, though. The spin on the ball is different. Mm. That's the big thing. The rotation is different. And Jerry Judy said, who played with him, obviously, Jerry Judy said it throws you off at first, but he said you get used to it quickly. But it is the, the rotation of the ball is different. And look, look at Belichick. Belichick likes left-hand, left-footed punters because the, the spin of the ball is different, yeah. which I don't understand the physics of that. Why would the foot be different? Like, I don't. No, yeah, I don't get it Like, either. if a foot it's... kicks a ball, why is the spin, like, he... but, but, but anyway. It's Bill. He probably saw one video on it. I'd like to believe that Bill Belichick gets lost in YouTube like the rest of us. Comes across yeah, some yeah, crazy yeah, stuff, yeah. and he's like, Uh, I do need a left-footed punter. Yeah, you think that's like where he's getting his deep inside information? Like YouTube, (laughs) he's up at night? Yep, yep, yep. He's watching like lions, like chase animals in the wild, and then eventually comes across something with like left-footed punters. And he's like, all right, this is what I need. All right, so 
You're a big uh, LeBron James guy. You're Team Millennial. Really? You're you're on Team LeBron. Yeah. And of course, the Last Dance just concluded, and it looked like the uh, the propaganda and the brainwashing worked because <laughs> ESPN. And listen, yeah. it's a fan poll, so whatever, right? Yeah. But I'm actually surprised. I'm actually surprised by the the results here that it was so so one sided that essentially uh, the poll the poll was. Um, Better, uh, better, uh, better sneaker for fashion. Better sneaker to ball and. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabe Morenci and I'm on the grid, and so is Colonel George Kurtz via SportsGrid, SportsGrid.com. Uh, George, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for stepping up and joining us. It's time to talk some NFL football. We've got Matt Carino joining us later. Covers the Buffalo Bills. Ed Oliver who was one of four. NFL players who were actually under arrest at one time. There was actually literally and literally four players in the National Football League detained at the same time over the weekend, which isn't really shocking, uh, to be honest. NFL players are always getting arrested in the offseason. But I was just surprised that uh, that there wasn't one one arrest with your Dallas Cowboys. That's the breaking news, Kurtz. You know, as a Cowboy fan, it's great that uh, they didn't have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and anything else around back in the 90s. Because I don't want to know how much trouble they would have gotten into. Michael Irvin, I believe two and eight died of a cocaine overdose. Nate Newton was caught uh, with like 800 pounds of uh, marijuana in a, in a van. You know, I'm sure that was all personal use. It would be a different Dallas Cowboy legacy if we had all this uh, social media around in the 90s. Well, I got to tell you what, one thing, I, I wish I was uh, hanging around the White House, and I'm not talking about in D.C. That would have been a great time uh, hanging out with the uh, the Dallas Cowboys in those days. But I can tell, George, your straightness just by the fact that the, the way that you said the word marijuana, not like I got busted with a bunch of weed. You're like, oh, 800 pounds of the marijuana. Um, I like, uh, you know, that's very like uh, this very suburban daddish of you there, George. I've never done it. I've, uh, I've never done any illegal sounds, drugs. You sound like, uh, uh, what, you Tom Landry? What, what's that, that <laughs> marijuana? Yeah, pot, weed, Mary Jane. Uh, I mean, I can think of the, some of the uh, slang terms for it. I've never done it. I've never, uh, I don't even think I've ever been offered it. You know, I don't drink. Say, I, I have, yeah, I've been offered say, a beer. Yeah, you know, it is legal in like a ton of states right now, right? I'm not, I'm not a crusader. I don't care. I'm like, hey, if I'm hanging no, out with no. you, you would do it. I wouldn't care. You know, it's up to you. Do what you want to do. Just, you know, I, I, uh, I don't choice. partake. Right. Uh, it's just not me. And you're not much of a drinker either, right? No, that's more of a personal thing. I haven't, uh, I've never had a sip of alcohol. Not on purpose. I've had some guys who've been funny. You know, if I leave my glass of soda around, they'll pour something in the soda. No, uh, I, me. If you don't want to drink, that's not funny at all. <laughs> I mean, is it, yeah, they do stupid stuff. I mean, this is, once again, back in uh, 20, 30 years ago. My father was an alcoholic. It killed him. So I'm sure that's a big reason why. But the truth is, he gave me a sip of beer when I was about 10. And he's like, I hated it. Hated the taste, and that really stuck with me more than anything else. My wife loves her wine. I mean, literally, she'll have a bottle of wine while we're binging a TV show at night uh, during this pandemic. So it doesn't bother me if anybody else does. Once again, I just choose not to. Out of all the combinations on this network of people who do shows together, you and Blewett are really the wild crew. <laughs> <laughs> we're almost alike, right? We both live on Long Island, both have two kids, both married. So, uh, yeah. I, I guess that's why you and not doing the show together, right? I guess that, that's the deal. We're not the party animals uh, of this network, certainly not. No, no, you're not. You're not the party. You're not the party crew. All right. Um, so, so four players get arrested. It's too bad for the Buffalo Bills. We'll talk about this with Matt Perino in a couple of minutes. But a lot of pressure on the Buffalo Bills right now. The expectations are high, right? And with uh, 
the expectations um, come responsibilities. And the Buffalo Bill players have to be responsible and not beat themselves before the year even starts. Um, it'll be fine from a legal perspective. But, you know, Coach McDermott, uh, Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills is very intense, you know, hard-nosed, old-school guy. He's not going to be impressed, except uh, Ed Oliver's c- c- continuing to be part of the uh, the virtual camp. They didn't, uh, they didn't tell him to stay away like DeAndre Baker uh, from the New York Giants, although that story is getting interesting, guys. And, you know, that story has gone from the witnesses are saying it never happened now, which it did happen. It's clearly a case of they must all know each other. They don't want to snitch. They probably never wanted the cops to get involved, even though there was guns pulled. So, in other words, it's just another uh, Thursday night in the state of Florida, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that'll play itself out. But speaking of the state of Florida, interesting words from uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, somebody that I know well in Ryan Fitzpatrick, being a Buffalo Bill fan and following his career forever. And Fitzpatrick is one of these quarter, sort of, you know, quarterbacks, uh, George, that some guys, some vet guys will embrace helping the younger guy. Some other guys won't. That was a problem with Doug Flutie. When they're, you know, when people are like, how come Doug Flutie doesn't get a job? They're like, because he's a jerk. He's not nice to the other quarterbacks. Everything's a competition to him. He doesn't help the quarterback, the younger guy. And Ryan Fitzpatrick sort of used to have that attitude, uh, but he's changed. He's saying, I love Tua. I'm glad he's a member of our football team. I want to help him. I want to mentor him. But I want to help him and mentor him by me being on the field and him watching me play. He said, I'm still competitive, and I still want to be the quarterback of this football team. Yet Tua is not – he's not a, a – uh, he's not like a prospect that, oh, he needs some seasoning. He doesn't need seasoning. He could be like Mahomes for all we know if you throw him on the field right now. So, you know, if he's healthy, and I guess that's the key, George, you know, how long is it before Tua starts a football game for the Miami Dolphins and does he even start a week one if he's healthy? Yeah, I think uh, I wonder with all these rookie quarterbacks, who's going to start outside of Burrow, right? Since they released Andy Dalton, he signed with Dallas. There's nobody else there. So he has to start from week one. Really no choice there. But for teams like Miami, Chargers, they don't have to go with their rookies right away. Herbert and maybe, won't start. I don't think Herbert's. I don't start. think he starts either. There's, there's no reason to. But isn't Miami in the same situation outside of Tua being Tua, a big uh, personality, big guy? But they're in the same situation. You have a very good backup quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is a good backup quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick's probably a better backup quarterback. So if they think that Tua is not, let's say he is healthy, he's going to be fine healthy. But let's say they think he's behind in practice time because no mini camps. We don't know if training camp's going to start on time. Uh, so if they think he's behind, they can afford to wait. And I don't think they want to rush it. I think Miami does feel some pressure, not as much as the Bills. I think the Bills are the favorite in the AFC East. They're a playoff team. We know that. I think Miami thinks, you know, you know, Miami, uh, I'm sorry, New England not playing well, no Brady. They're not going to be the same team. We're not we're nowhere near as good as Buffalo, but we can compete for a playoff spot. I mean, you look at the AFC, trying to they find a seventh team. Too, right? They added, they added, added one. Spot. And if you look, if you look at the AFC, try and find a seventh team to make the playoffs. It's not easy. So Miami could be a team that sneaks in there. Now, listen, you raise a good point, and I've talked about this. I think it hurts. I think it hurt uh, a guy like Cam Newton and there, that he couldn't just go work out for teams. He couldn't go and meet with people, right? There's a moratorium on this. And you have to believe that you look at rookie coaches, rookie coaches or, you know, guys that have never been a coach before. Like Matt Rule has been a coach before, so he's not fully a rookie coach. Joe Judd's never been a head coach before. 
Now, you know, he's trying to learn the players. He would, you know, they're definitely behind the curve right now from where they would be. Okay. But, you know, things are looking okay. It looks like, you know, maybe things are, they can't play in California and some team plays in Vegas or whatever. But it looks like the National Football League is moving forward. But how much of a fact that there will be no fans have an impact? Because, you know, basically, look, Tua is selling more jerseys than anybody right now. The Miami Dolphins have been an afterthought in the National Football League for a while. Tua's got this star factor about him. People are going to want to see him play. We know what Fitzpatrick can do. He's going to throw two touchdowns. He's going to throw two interceptions. We know what he's going to do. We want to see Tua play. How much of an impact uh, it allows the Dolphins to be a little bit more patient if there's not fans there calling for him? I think this is a great point. It takes some of the pressure off, right? Because once again, fans yeah, would want to see Tua. We want Tua. We Tua. Tua. Yes, it can't happen. <laughs> we all want to see Tua, right? Listen, Fitzpatrick's a very good backup NFL quarterback, lower end starter. Well, wouldn't you but, agree? You know what you're going to get from him. If you're right. Like, That's fan. I mean, he's, like, he's kind of boring. We want the kid now. Right, he's kind of boring. You mentioned Tua could be Mahomes or, or a combination of Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. And we want to see that. We want to be entertained. Fitzpatrick doesn't yeah, necessarily you might have entertain to us. You're on the bench. That's what I'm saying. You might. But and it's I, tough because of the health. He's plus 750. To me, he's the best bet to win the offensive rookie of the year. I think you're probably right because I don't think uh, – I mean, I don't think Miami is going to keep – Two wrong. Even if you start the season on the bench, it's not going to be half the season on the bench. It may be three games, maybe four games, or it may be the first two-game losing streak. Or the first game, Fitzpatrick throws four interceptions when he has one of those oh, yeah. by bad week, By week games. six, he's in. I would think – and listen, if the season doesn't start on time, you know, there is a delay until mid-October. I don't think it will be right now. I think the NFL is hell-bent. Oh, that, that would help Tua. That would help Tua, right? And he starts in week started. one then. Yeah. So I, I like your, your theory there, too, behind Tua. I think he starts no later than week four. I think he'll, or I guess week five, I think he'll get the first month off, but he's in after that. I don't think they're going to let him sit long. No rookie quarterback, especially not one of stature, assuming health, sits nowadays. They just don't. It's not what anybody believes in because you don't have him forever. You need to make judgments now. Joe Burrow is the favorite, plus 220. He can, they could be terrible again. He could be running for his life. It's not, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't really see that. I don't think there's value with Joe Burrow at plus 220. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back out of LSU, now the Kansas City Chiefs, could have an opportunity to put some numbers up, obviously, in that offense. Then you get to two at plus 750. I think there's some value there. And I'll tell you what, man, I love the draft pick. Uh, I'm not an anti-Marlon uh, Mack guy, but Jonathan Taylor is a better running back. Jonathan Taylor is a potential superstar running back, George. I'm telling you, for fantasy purposes, uh, Taylor is going to be worth a, uh, worth a look. Yeah, I think you, look at the, you just mentioned the two guys that every, every fantasy player is going to love is uh, Hilaire and Taylor. And Phillip Rivers, if he can't throw the ball deep, and Indianapolis wants to play a little bit closer to the vest, that running game could take off. Could be a lot of short passes there. You know, we don't know if uh, Phillip Rivers – Phillip Rivers threw 20 interceptions last year. With that shot put motion of his, his career may be winding down too. And if he can't get it done, this team has a very good offensive line. They could win games with short passes in a running game. No, they can. And they were beat up. They were beat up last year. Um, it's almost, you know, it's like there's a retooling going on with Indianapolis right now, and everything's falling into place uh, for them. They have arguably the easiest schedule, actually, strength of schedule uh, in the National Football League, which is always a good sign if you're looking for a team to bounce back. I'll tell you what, Cam, Cam, I'm calling him Cammy Colt because he's in love with the Colts. Uh, he's in love with the Colts this year. And we had Kevin Walsh uh, on earlier in the week, and he's in love with the Colts uh, this year as well. And I reminded both of them that Phillip Rivers is the quarterback there. I'm not feeling it, bro. 
I'm not, I'm not feeling it with Philip Rivers. I think Philip Rivers, they're counting on, all right, Frank Reich is going to help him, definitely. He never, Rivers had a lot of bad offensive coordinators. And they're going to put him in a better position to succeed. So I think he'll be better than he was, but I don't know how much faith I really have in Rivers that much. I'm not ready to write the Titans off in this division. I'm with you there, too. It's a very tough division. I think Houston is a snotch below these two teams. But the question is, can any one of these teams compete with the Chiefs and Ravens? Not with Rivers. No, I don't see it either. No, you know what? I think the, I think the Ravens could regress a little bit. But their schedule is so easy. They got dealt like the third easiest schedule in the National Football League. Hearts are progressed, which is as good as that. You have a schedule like that. George Kurtz, Game Patterson continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Time decisions continues. Get on the grid. The loudest station in the nation, SB Nation Radio. We're throwing it down. Let's talk some football. Let's talk some Buffalo Bills uh, football as four players were detained at once uh, this past uh, weekend. And unfortunately, one of them was a Buffalo Bill in Ed Oliver. Let's bring in Matt Perino uh, right now, returns to the program. Syracuse.com representing in the house. Matt, it's always a pleasure talking Buffalo Bills football with you. How you doing, my man? I'm good, game man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, always a pleasure. So, so here we are right now. There's a lot of talk about the Buffalo Bills, Coach McDermott. Um, you know, there's a, the big debate on all the talk shows. Are the Buffalo Bills the team to beat in this division? The odds makers still have the Patriots as slight uh, favorites, but most of the mainstream football people are really hyping up the Buffalo Bills uh, this year. And, you know, they did the Diggs trade. They had a great draft. Everything's falling into place for them uh, right now. And I can't help but think about, you know, your biggest uh, your biggest opponent and your biggest enemy is sometimes yourself. And listen, with, with high expectations comes pressure, right? And with, with the expectations, you know, the, the Bills have to live up to the hype right now. And getting arrested you know, driving around drunk with a dune buggy and an unregistered firearm, that's not the start of the season that Coach McDermott is looking for, is it? I mean, no. And, I, you know, I can't imagine what it was like to be uh, in the room when when both McDermott and Bean found out uh, about this because, listen, they preach culture and, and, and guys doing it the right way. And um, this is not the right way. And I think that, you know, listen, Ed Oliver is a 22-year-old kid. Uh, obviously, the quarantine is a situation that uh, has been presented to society that's completely different than anything we've ever dealt with. So, uh, you know, it's understandable that some of these mistakes would be made. But I think it's something it's – it's a wake-up call. You know, yeah. this thing can get taken away from you at any time uh, if you don't right, make the right decisions. And, you know, uh, he's obviously back with the Bills uh, in the virtual offseason program. Uh, I think it was yesterday that reports came out and we reported as well that, uh, you know, the bills brought him back in. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a misdemeanor DUI right now and a weapons charge. We'll see how that plays out in court. But, you know, I think that in Texas, it's like jaywalking. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's not blow from a legal perspective. I know it sounds bad and stuff, but let's be real. And we're not advocating it. Fortunately, no one got hurt, uh, but legally he'll be fine. Right. I guess we're looking at an NFL suspension though. 
Yeah, I think the minimum now is three games. Uh, if you look at the new collective bargaining agreement, but you know, you take a look at the most recent case, and Chris Herndon in the Jets was suspended four games, had some property damage, there was an accident, um, but it happened in June of 2018, and the suspension wasn't uh, levied until the first four games of 2019. So I don't know if this is going to be very, uh, you know, uh, uh, immediate. I think this could be something that you know gets. Uh, forced down the line, but yeah, it's going to hurt him. But Hey, like you said, the bills have made a lot of moves and a lot of those moves have been on the defensive line. The depth on that defensive line is unbelievable at, at all, like three or four positions on that defensive line. So I think they will be all right to, to kind of figure things out in the, in the interim. Yeah, that's right. They're including their, their second round, uh, or was it their second round pick? I guess it was their first pick uh, at the time, right? With, yeah. uh, with AJ. Yeah. Their second round, but with the, their first uh, pick, Stock in the defensive line. And listen, sometimes, look, we all make mistakes, right? I mean, every, everybody makes mistakes in their lives. I made mistakes at Buffalo Bills games, all right? I've been in that uh, cell in the stadium. I'm, I'm not proud to admit, but it's true. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, we've all, we've all made uh, lapses in judgment. And I was older than Ed Oliver was at the time as well. It wasn't my fault. I was set up, but that, that's another story. <laughs> and it was harmless, like, just for the record. Put it this way, dude. You know the bathroom lines there and stuff. I basically went to the bathroom somewhere I shouldn't have. And, ah, gotcha. Uh, I took a leak against this tree, and they literally had like a sting going on, bro. Like basically, it was like this little hill, and <laughs> I turned around. I was like, "Ding!" Right away, and they got like forty of us. It was basically like it was kind of like the drunk guy's first place to go. Like, <laughs> oh, I got where am I gonna go? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyways, we've all made mistakes, uh, but. You know, for, for the Buffalo Bills, as I talked about earlier, you know, we are front runners right now. We, there, are, there are expectations of us right now, and we have to live up to those expectations and and not get into trouble and be focused on football. And what do you think about this, Matt? I've noticed football players, and I, I took something that you said about while well, we're in this pandemic and everyone's handling it in a different way right now. Seems like football players are sort of the most flippant about this. You know, Dak Prescott and his party, football players working out together all the time. Fine. You want to throw a football, but you're arm in arm. And, you know, they're almost defiant about it. And it's interesting to me because they're, as athletes, are more vulnerable of this than baseball players are. You know, you think it's a good thing. How, how good is it for these linemen to be playing in this in, in a situation like this? Uh, from players you talked about, are any players actually worried about their safety? Um, On the field, no, I mean, I had a conversation with Tommy Sweeney a couple weeks back, uh, seventh-round pick last year, tight end, and, and he said when when it's time to play, you know, he you just got to tell him where to go. He's ready These to go. These guys are just hardcore, Matt. They're yeah. like UFC fighters, right? <laughs> Give me the time and date, and I'll show up. That's the type of deal these guys are. And it's like anything else, too, like – we're only learning about the people that are getting caught for some of these mistakes. So I think it's like any walk of life, like who, who's to say there, there aren't NASCAR drivers or golfers, you know, participating in the same kind of behavior and just not getting caught for it. You know, I wanted I, to say that about Ed Oliver actually too, that he can learn from this. And for all we know, he's done dumber things. Right. And this is the wake up call. It's like, yeah, you know what, bro, you know, you did this, you know, we know you, you know, I'm just stating we've all done things. We, I'm just being realistic here. Maybe that is the wake up call for him. And better now, better now than happening in August too, right? 100%. And it's, it is also lucky the circumstances that nothing like you mentioned earlier, worse happened. And if you wanted a, you know, a, a lesson to be learned in a situation like this, you'd want it to happen where, you know, they basically 
got it early. You know, you know, they, they, they found him kind of weaving through uh, lines in a construction zone and somebody called it in and, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, he had a couple of drinks and nobody got hurt. So from that perspective, it's a good thing and, and you can use it as a learning tool, but I think everybody just has to wake up in this time period, no matter what you do and just realize like, you know, this isn't a zombie apocalypse. I mean, this is the, the world still runs exactly like it always runs. And I think it's you just a little bit of a wake up call. Exactly. <laughs> you can still get arrested. You're right. We're not, it's not, it's not a free for all. People are going faster. I'm in New York City. I see out my window, people are driving pretty fast because they figure out, oh, no, no one's out there. I know, no, the sirens are out there. I still yeah. see them. They're still getting pulled over. Exactly. And, you know, I always say, and I know it sucks, but nothing ever happens when guys go back to small towns, man. You know, and I know you want to go back, and and I get it. You want to be the big man on campus and stuff, but it always ends poorly. I remember I told the story of Patrick Kane. You would know in Buffalo. You know, every time Patrick Kane would go to Buffalo every summer, something would happen. Right. It was to the point. It's like, kids, stop going home, all right? Just stay, you know, stay away. Nothing good is happening uh, every time you go back. I wanted to ask you about um, about the Bills situation, actually, with the Patriots. With the ESPN pressure and sort of the, the NFL network pressure, and you see them doing shows all the time about the Buffalo Bills this, the Buffalo Bills that. Oh, they better win a division if they can't win a division now. And I'm actually a Michigan fan as well, uh, Matt, and it was sort of, it reminds me of a similar situation in which, well, now Urban Meyer's gone. You guys better win, mm-hmm. right? Or, and now it's Ryan Day there. And it's not Urban Meyer anymore, Harbaugh. And what happened? Ryan Day kicked the crap out of them just, you know, in the same way. I almost feel there's more pressure on the Buffalo Bills than there is the New England Patriots coming into the year. Do you agree with that take? To a degree, but I also agree with what Josh Norman said last week, and I think that the Bills would have been the favorite in the division whether or not Tom Brady was there and whatever's going on with New England. I thought for six of the eight quarters last year, the Bills were the better team. They just were a young team still figuring out how to win, and they added at almost every position. I mean, really, the only position that they haven't uh, really upgraded is tight end and most of the offensive line, but they've they've also – uh, they've improved there because of the continuity that's been built. So you have 17 games to go off of last year, and and people are, aren't talking enough about that. This offensive line going yeah. into training camp, they're going to have the leg up on the Jets, who has a, who have a completely rebuilt offensive line. So do the Dolphins. And then, you know, not a new offensive line, but the Patriots are going to have a new quarterback. So And their offense didn't look great for most of the year last year anyway. So I think that this is a team under Sean McDermott that is laser focused on the week, the task at hand. Do your 111th, one game at a time, one day at a time. They're all cliches, and we all have our jokes about them in the media room. But on a fo- in a football team, in a football locker room, those kind of things mean something. And, and you have to have that mindset, especially for the Bills, who, like you know, Gabe, have a very tough schedule this year, four yeah. West Coast trips. They have to keep it locked in mentally on that one week at a time mentality. And, and Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, they do a good job of that. And what are they? Is it four primetime games this year? Four primetime, two uh, Monday, one Sunday, and one like Thursday. That. As a Bills fan, <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. I remember last year people complained, oh, you know, there's no primetime. We don't get any respect. It's like, you don't want primetime games. Ask the Cleveland Browns how much fun it is. It's draining those games. It is draining. draining. It is draining, but I I would argue that this team is built better than that Cleveland team was to to deal with the pressure. 
Yeah. Freddie and Kitchen should have the playoffs too, right? It gets it you ready for big time football games. It does. Freddie Kitchen should not have had that job. Yeah, that was yeah, a right. really poor job putting the people in place. And and let's be honest, Baker wasn't ready for the, pro- the for the prime time. I mean, he had a really underwhelming season last year. And I think that the trajectory that Josh Allen is on is much different than Baker and that I agree. He, he didn't peak early. You know, Baker peaked early. So we'll see. We'll see how he rebounds in 2020. Josh Allen, the one thing for me, had a hard time playing. 60 minutes of football, mm. 60 minutes, right? Uh, often a slow starter. I like how he ends strong uh, often, except, you know, obviously what happened in the playoffs in which he started strong. He just needs to string together 60 minutes of football. I know he said, I understand what's expected of me and I know what I have to do this year. He understands that, you know, they want to win. But I wanted to ask you this. So we got about two or three minutes left. I saw a poll the other day. And it was the pro football focus guy. So it wasn't just, you mm. know, they, they were like, who's a better, who would you rather have, Trubisky or Josh Allen? And I'm thinking, why are you playing Josh like this, really? And I'm not a Trubisky hater as much as people are. I, I think if you're in the right system, he can be effective. But come on. I, you know, what What do you think of the national, the consistent bashing? Like when, when the Bills got Stephon Diggs, there was a million gifts of, you know, Allen throwing footballs over his head off. He was mad with Kirk Cousins, et cetera. Does Josh Allen feed off of this? Does it bother him? When when Josh Allen came into the – you wouldn't know because he doesn't really talk about the negative stuff. You know, you can ask him about it. He's focused on what's happening in the building. But when Josh Allen came into the league, he was the quintessential – raw quarterback prospect what was going to happen in 2018 even with a good supporting cast which let's be honest he did not have when zay jones was your top receiver and the offensive line that they had was absolute garbage you know it was going to be a learning process so every piece of the journey in these two years he's he's taken some part of his game and made it better last year intermediate passing game he was the sixth highest rated passer in that 10 to 20 yard range. Everybody said he couldn't do that going that into last year. It wasn't accurate, yeah. The deep ball wasn't there. It was bad, but he's working on it this offseason. I expect it to be better. I'll tell you this about Josh Allen. He is very similar in terms of build and the way he plays the game to Cam Newton. And you go back to yeah. Cam's MVP season, 35 t- passing touchdowns, about 4,000 yards. That's in within shooting distance for Josh Allen. If he makes the the type of improvements to his game he needs to make this year, Stefan Diggs is going to add a complete new dimension to this game because you remember the Houston game. What happened to John Brown in that game? He was invisible, and, and that's because they asked him to be a one receiver. He's not. You bring in a bona fide number one receiver in Stefan Diggs. You let John Brown be that elite number two. And, you know, I think this running game is going to be really special this year, too. I think that they, they've done the right things. A lot of pressures on Brian Dable, a lot of pressure on Josh Allen. But I think that they're built to have significant improvements on offense this year. Matt Perino, Syracuse.com. Matt, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for your time talking Buffalo Bills uh, football with you. I'm getting all fired up right now. <laughs> Especially, I just saw Cuomo saying you can't wait to see some Bills football. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions continues and winds down. I am uh, your captain. Uh, please uh, put on your seatbelts and uh, nobody uh, move about the uh, the plane uh, right now as we uh, we land this uh, plane on the Wicked Wednesday. Great show. Uh, it's um, 
you know, things are starting to come into, together a little bit right now, Ken. So we know that the the Belmont will be running on June 20th. Yep. And word, word on the street is that the Meadowlands racetrack will be running on June the 5th. Hey! Not official. Yep. Not official. No fans. Yep. No fans. And there seems to be a push right now politically. It's an obstacle that seemingly is... Um, we were wondering about, can team, will teams be able to play in New York? Will teams be able to play in their respective stadiums? And for the most part, it seems that the answer is yes. Uh, and even, I think, California said that they're willing to sit down if they can work out things that are safe. But if you think about it, it still just means the sports that we're talking about right now. It's good for NASCAR, right? All right, NASCAR can go to Atlanta now. NASCAR could potentially go to Watkins Glen mm -hmm. uh, in New York, et cetera. So it opens the door up, but, you know, just because Cuomo says the Yankees can play at Yankee Stadium doesn't mean that the Major League Baseball players say that they can play at Yankee Stadium. Exactly. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. The preferred plan, it changes all the time. I don't think that's a great idea. I still like our idea in Arizona and Florida, but no one's listening to us. And it's nice uh, to have more uh, racetracks out there, too. Churchill's running. They opened up. I told you the California track, Santa Anita and Golden Gate, they're flowing. So it's been very busy over the weekend, Gabe, with six, seven tracks running instead of one or two. No, I called uh, Rob Manford's office like 13 times, and I said, listen, I need to speak to the commissioner. I've got some ideas. Uh, forum and uh, no, they don't return Flick. my calls. I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> well, I was shocked. They don't listen to us. They probably should. We make their lives a lot easier. We were right on that one. We were right on that one. All right, ago. your Florida Arizona idea, good. Yeah. Uh, second idea, let's not threaten the players before we even sit down with them through the media. <laughs> yeah, not a good look. Number three. Yeah, like I said, like you, you think Kevin Harvick's gonna race, and you told him, all right, listen. We're going to cut 25% of the purse. They'll be like, all right, times are tough. And now we're going to cut another 50% of the purse. At some point, they're going to say, ah, you know what? How about we just do that iRacing um, stuff, right? You know? say, I don't know if I want to risk my life uh, for this. But slowly but surely, the big picture starts to come together. we got to be positive. And listen, all we can do is bet and watch what we have. And we've got NASCAR. We've got horse racing. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.